0: Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. I'm Michelle Bowler. I'm an army wife of over eight years, a mom of four little girls, and a huge believer that being a supportive military or first responder loved one is way easier when you connect with the community. In addition to sharing some of my own insights and journey, I have set out to interview Waiting Warriors around the world so we can all learn together from their triumphs and their struggles. Together, we can do so much more than just survive, we can thrive, and that is what being a Waiting Warrior is all about. Hey Waiting Warriors out there, welcome to another week on the podcast. We are having fun this time. We've got two guests. I think we've only done that one other time on the podcast, so welcome, Abby and Dana. Hey, guys. Hey. So... A real fast introduction, and then we'll mention the sponsor. Abby and Dana co-founded the um, Legacy, right? It's Legacy Kids Magazine, not Kids Legacy. Yeah, Legacy Kids Magazine. Abby founded the Legacy Magazine, which is an awesome resource for military families. But then you guys were like, wait a second. Our children need, need a little attention here because they're special and really there just aren't very many resources out there so today we're going to be talking about military kid life it's the month of the military child real fast though quick mention again of our sponsor this hat it's like, I just like it keeps my ears warm and it makes me happy it's from freedom found co They have a ton of military spouse gear. They're a military spouse veteran company. They do a ton to support our veterans, um, which like when you order, you, you like see that. They have a card about how they contribute part of their profit towards helping suicide reduction and helping veterans and stuff. So it's a really awesome product. One, like everybody needs a really cute fluffy hat and you support a military spouse business and you support your veterans. So it's like a win, 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 win,
1: all the win. It's super cute. (laughs) Makes me want one. Yeah.
0: I like, I like it because it's in this room. It's not cold enough for a jacket yeah. like if you just keep your head warm then you feel mm-hmm.
1: warmer you know
0: that makes sense yeah it's
1: super cute it says all-american girl is that yeah. correct yeah i, I, love, I that. love that I
0: love it. they have another one that has a scripture so if you're awesome. christian and like that that's cool but i liked the not that i don't like scripture but i just <laughs> love the all-american all girl thing so back to abby and Dana, I think I just need to stop looking at your name. Otherwise, I'm going to say it wrong. So her name is spelled. <laughs> it's a Thanks, mom. It's D-A-E-N-A. But it's yeah. just Dana.
2: And I get a lot of like Dana sometimes, which is very interesting. I don't know. People just really want to. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> Dana.
0: <laughs> get a little thing to it. Okay, so Abby is a licensed counselor for 11 years within the service community, and then in 2017, she launched Legacy Magazine, which, like I said, is a magazine for service families, a military spouse, and a mom of two. Dana helped co-found Legacy Kids Magazine, and she was in, she was pursuing her master's in clinical mel- mental health, mental health mental health but I'm sure many listeners can relate covid and a deployment put put that on pause which like my heart goes out to you because I know that's that's like a big deal to pause something like that um because she had covid deployment and now she has to homeschool three kids and she's a military spouse so I mean you could have just thrown on
2: a master's degree would that really, I really be not? Not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be- that'd be totally good for your mental health
2: i would i would not be looking like this right now here would be like this yeah. <laughs> the bags like
0: <laughs> where you like just glazed over okay so you guys are obviously experienced in your own way with military kids but then also that's like your profession and and many ways, multiple ways. So what do you guys see? Because I kind of want to talk about like, we don't, we don't ignore the negatives, right? Like this life comes with negatives. I think we are all well aware of the negatives. I think it is important for us to um, talk about the negatives and not just throw them under the rug. But I think there's a difference between talking about them, addressing them, processing them, as opposed to focusing them so how i kind of want us to get down to how can we focus on the positives instead of feeling doomed and isolated by the negatives right
2: yes
0: so what do you guys see as the pros and the cons of military kid life i don't know who wants to go first no sorry (laughs) Gabby.
1: Um, So when thinking about children specifically, I think parents play a huge role in helping the child um, navigate their narrative. So the parents have the opportunity to kind of shine a light on the benefits of living a challenging life, right? So there's a lot of opportunity for refining of character and building on their innate strengths. So while it's important for parents to, you know, sit with the discomfort that their child might feel, they then have the opportunity to take that to the next level and say, now, what can we do with this? Like, what can we do with these sad emotions? Um, Is there something, someone you want to share them with? Is there something that you want to create with these emotions? And then showing them that they have, after processing them, they then can take that and share that with others within the community.
0: Yeah, that's a good yeah sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I, that was it.
2: Okay. <laughs> sorry. I was just going to add on that. Um, yeah, it presents opportunity. I think sometimes all those cons that we have has presented a lot more opportunity because sometimes you just get sick of being sad or you get sick of feeling uncomfortable and you want to do something with it. And it kind of pushes you out of the comfort zone that you were in for a while. Um, and I noticed that with kids too. I just had a friend recently move. Um, and she had a little girl who it was harder for her to make friends you know she was very cautious and she said she didn't realize the weight that she felt about her her child making friends until she saw her making friends on her street she felt that weight lifted mm-hmm. and it was just it, i think in the military community you see that these struggles or these cons actually present opportunities to make friends or mm-hmm. to become something that you would have normally kind of stayed in your comfort zone
0: being Mm -hmm. which which is interesting because like our kids aren't going to see that right like they're not going to look at it's really easy for kids to see and recognize the hard things even though they sometimes can't mean it but it's like okay well one of my parents is gone that's like a clear Mm -hmm. negative even my two-year-old can Name that and get sad about mm-hmm. that or having to move and make new friends like they can recognize and feel the impact of the negative things. But I like that you guys put not that it's like our responsibility and just another thing that we get to do, but it's our opportunity mm-hmm. to help them see the positives because those are kind of they're trickier to see. Yep especially for a kid like I don't even know if a kid's brain would think that way you know like well I'm, glad I'm growing and learning by that you know? like-
1: <laughs> yeah one thing that we've uh, a very practical um, practice that we've started to incorporate is so we live in a military neighborhood while well, we're not on base probably every other house is military connected and uh, so what we've started doing is when and, and each family is on a different rotation when it comes to deployment and um, training, traveling. Mm-hmm. So what we've started to do with the girls, I have a seven and a three-year-old. And what we've started to do with the seven-year-old is when it's her turn to have um, you know, daddy away, she starts to like make a list of what she wishes she had in those moments. Like the things that she feels would bring her comfort. So she makes a list of those things. And then when it comes time for one of her friends' fathers or mothers to leave, she then creates things that she feel like would be comforting to them. So that's been a care package, um, that was gifting books and magazines once, it was planning a special sleepover. So that kind of like gave her a practical way to take um, what she was feeling and then showing up for another person and then it's almost like paying it forward because then when it come came time for her dad to leave again she had those same friends stepping up for her so it was a really cool experience and something will probably continue in the future
0: yeah that is the coolest idea (laughs) because especially if you live like it's really easy to implement and if you live on base or right. close to, so you have a whole bunch. But like even if you're off base, like your kids' friends are going to hurt and they can mm-hmm. sympathize and empathize with that hurt. And that's really cool that you are teaching them how to how to do that instead of just like, I don't know. Like I, I was taught that as a kid, but I don't know. How I was taught that, I think I just saw my mom helping people, but, like, how old did you say your daughter was three?
1: uh seven, the or older seven. one, yeah, older. we're doing that with the older yeah, one three
0: um but like she she's seven years old, and she is legit taking care of her friend like that is that is the coolest thing ever, but you don't you don't get that as. I don't know, but like blatant opportunity, clear opportunity. Mm -hmm. Right. If you didn't have military life, I, that is like the coolest thing.
1: Yeah. I I think it's similar to what Dana was just saying about opportunity. Like this lifestyle presents us with opportunity. And Mm -hmm. then what we do with that opportunity is up to us. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also like, I think, yes, that's a great message for children, but also it was it has been and was like fulfilling for me as a mother too to see that come to life. Um so I feel like it's a good practice for the whole family.
0: Yeah. And you get to create a community. Like
1: absolutely. So,
0: so often like I see all the time. I mean, now it's like we're on the Facebook pages, but before it would just be as you're talking with the new person mm-hmm. in the neighborhood, it's like, well, we're looking for friends or whatever. It's like you, you people long for the community every time they move and you just have to make it sometime. And that is Mm -hmm. a great way to make it. Like, there's just no question that we're gonna be here for you. And you can say that, or you can have your seven-year-old make a package and Mm -hmm. like actually be the family, be the friend, be the community for each other.
2: Yeah, and I was gonna even add, especially for children, just something that's tangible for them. Just, I mean, just like you had mentioned before, I don't think that kids necessarily know unless they are told, like, this is a positive thing that we're doing. But especially when there's something tangible involved that you can give to somebody else or work with your hands and give to somebody else, they're a lot more um, apt to remember and continue to do that in the future.
0: Is that just like a science-y brain? Well,
2: I've I've worked with kids a lot before, and it's like when they can use their hands and really work with something... Yeah. they they kind of put it in their memory a little bit differently than if i'm just telling them to be nice to someone or okay. showing them this is how you are nice to someone then they remember it just a little bit better that,
0: yeah. It makes sense. I just didn't know no, if there was some fancy term for it that
1: is I there, Abby? I don't I'm sure
2: there is. There
1: is. Um, so our bodies tend to remember things even more significantly than our brains. So we think our brains hold our memories, but really it's our bodies. And so when there's a tactile, um, we call it bilateral stimulation or bilateral pairing and it's when um, both parts of the brain are activated so like the thinking part and the doing part so that's what um, Dana is describing it's a very real thing and it's very helpful for children to kind of have that instilled in them
0: that's cool and as you guys are talking it's like we could easily do this for multiple aspects like like that example was with deployments mm-hmm. but like moving, you know, a neighbor a yeah. new kid comes into class, like you could right. just say hi and you know, let's be our friend, or you could talk to them and be like, Hey, you know what it's like to be the new kid, let's invite mm-hmm. them over or love that. Yeah, go through that same process.
1: Love that so much. <laughs> yeah.
0: I just yeah. It's because my daughter one of my daughters got like six new kids in her class wow just on on monday because they did the
1: mm-hmm.
0: whatever Virtual. Monday's, yes well i thought that most of them were going to be like oh they were doing virtual school right COVID is like coming down where we are and so like oh they're coming back to brick and mortar but oh five of the six were they yeah. just moved so oh, wow yeah it's like that's- oh that's amazing. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, so why? Cause I, cause like, like we talked about. Like, I know you guys know it's important to process and acknowledge the cons. But why do you guys focus on the cons and like? Or sorry, focus on the pros and how? How do you do? How? Blah, how do you do to do that?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: How do you do that? Sorry.
2: Thank you. you, Okay. either way. (laughs) Uh, So I think focusing on the pros. So actually the other day I just had a conversation with my daughter and we were talking about being sad and being happy and she was in this really kind of like euphoric happy state and the day before she kind of was not. And so I kind of we stopped for a second and I said, Anna, how do you feel right now? And she's like, I feel very happy. And I'm like, remember that. You know, like you kind of have to make it, remember this moment and make it something that is kind of more of a big deal because it's something to reflect on when those moments aren't around. Because as we all know, um, there are cons. And we, although we talk about them, sometimes we try to get over them a little bit quicker because it's more uncomfortable. Um, but maybe remembering those happy moments and really relishing in those moments, um, will help when they are a little bit more sad, you know?
0: Yeah. I think that would like help us not feel doomed by the sad, like the sad can be overwhelming, but if you have a memory, then it's like, oh, there is that hope there. Like, we know, we know it can be, we know it can come. Right. Like
1: that.
2: In this two shall pass kind of thing
1: yeah 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 and and i think we we talk about this quite a bit with um our adult readership and but i think it's true for our younger generation too in the sense of it's easy to focus on um the two extremes right so it's easy for mainstream media or um even um, just day-to-day conversations to focus on the negative or the positive, right? But I think there's also beauty and, um, benefit in focusing on the day-to-day, the mundane, the in-between moments, right? I think that helps us appreciate the happy moments more, and then it helps us realize in the sad, right, in the difficult, in the challenging emotions that, we will return to a happier time or a happier day, happier experience, kind of what Dana was saying and like s- stopping in the moment and having your child remember what this feels like in this and that, so that you can remind them that this will happen again. So I, I think there's something to the in-between that's important too. Um, so not just having those hard conversations when things are emotional and not just celebrating the, Big moments, but also making the in between very intentional.
0: Yeah, that's true. Cause, like, yeah, I totally talk about the opposites of the spectrum. Right. But the majority of our life, especially my kids' life, is like Mm -hmm. the in between. Absolutely.
1: I mean, it's probably more
0: like on the top positive side. Right. But it's not like, not every day is the day that we took them um, tubing. And that was like the funnest right. thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it Darn. Was, that's like, great oh, as great as that would be.
0: We really <laughs> go tubing every day. But like, it's just riding their bike and it's the yeah. laugh at the table and, or even just having to do your jobs every day. Like, that's mm-hmm. not the most miserable thing. That's not dad leaving. Right. But when their dad leaves, like they feel so overcome by that and it is yeah that's a good that's a good point like remind them of just all the other things
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah and like my wheels are <laughs> like, huh yeah it's supposed to be for the listeners but really it's just <laughs> <self-improvement>. <laughs> i
1: think we can we can all benefit from the projects we're a part of
0: yeah what do you guys do when you feel or you or you can see your kids feel doomed by the cons and the negatives and the hard? What do you, what do you guys do?
2: I think, I think just being with them in that moment, you know, kind of helping them through. I know, um, stopping the same, same thing. You stop, you know, and you kind of hold them in that moment, because Kids just process emotions differently than adults. It takes them a a while to understand what they're really feeling. And um, allowing them to be sad is, I think, or allowing my daughters or even my son just to be sad and then talking to them about it. Um, We actually had um, Maddie Schick. She is an 18-year-old military kid. So I guess she's not a kid anymore. She is now an adult. Um, But she wrote for the first volume of of Legacy Kids. And she had written in there, don't confuse doing the fun things with your kids as helping them through moments, but sit and talk to them about the moments. And I thought that was just such great advice, especially from a military kid to really understand that we need to address what's happening and not just kind of like sugarcoat it all the time.
0: Yeah. Which is interesting because like, I feel like the stereotypical response, or I don't know if it's like our gut response, because we have to be patriotic and we have to not make it as hard for the deploying spouse or for even just, you know, if it's not a deployment and they're going on field training, like, you know, they don't want to leave. So we, like, I hear all the time and I've, I've even had to stop myself from saying it because I've, I've learned better. And so now I try to do better, but like, You want to say, like, let's just put on a brave face, make it easier for daddy. Um, Let's keep it together for dad, for country, for, you know, America or whatever. But, like, that's actually not what helps them. And, you know, we think that we can, I don't know, as a parent, I so badly just want to, like, take it away, you know? And that's, like, an easy it feels like I'm just taken away because sometimes they stop crying, but yeah, I feel like they just need to sit with it, which is hard and so uncomfortable. It's the worst watching your baby cry. Like, yes,
1: it is. Yeah. And I I think there are moments and I think what she was alluding to is like, yes, there are times to have fun and that's great for distraction. There's also times to just sit in the emotion. Um, So, my husband will occasionally do night trainings and my seven-year-old always misses him on those nights. She's often way more blue that, that particular evening. So just last night, um, she traditionally goes to dance on Thursdays and, um, daddy had a night training and she was like, mommy, I'm just so tired. And I just, you know, I don't, I don't even know. I'm just, I just so tired. So I was like, well, would you like to go to dance? Do you think you have another hour in you um, after a full day of school? And she's like, I just don't think I do. So I think sometimes it's allowing them to have an out, right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes it's, I think we, you know, we fill our kids days with activities at times because we think, oh, that's good, good distraction, or that's good activity, or it's good extracurricular activities. But I also think there's a time to allow them to just be, sad or a time to just be tired. Um, now it could have just been a coincidence, right? That she was tired on the day that daddy was gone, but I've learned to be more sensitive to those moments because oftentimes a child doesn't know why they're sad, right? Um, it's not as clear to them. So being sensitive to those moments, um, and kind of like our, um, you know, contributor said, don't just kind of put a band-aid on with exciting things or activities, but sit with them in those moments.
0: Yeah. That's a really good point. What are ways, cause I know you guys kind of have like a view of the military community in general. Are there things that you wish people would do less of or be better at? Like not in like a pointing fingers type of way, but, but you, I think you and the the listeners know where you guys would be coming from. Like, because because you guys are like studied and what's um, the word educated? Oh my goodness, I'm not educated, but you. course. <laughs> um, I went to college. I got my what is it? Like, I used to say like I graduated. I got my education. I'm so smart. My um, words, but but most people don't like they're they are but they so earnestly are wanting to do their best. What are like kind of common things that you think the military community and military parents could be better at?
2: Do you you see a common theme, Abby, between the submissions for Legacy Magazine where, um, just as a community as a whole, do you think that there might be some sort of stigma or, um, And the reason why I'm saying it is because I know that when I read Legacy Magazine, I was surprised actually to see how many people thought the way that I did, although their lifestyle was a lot different. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, I think that we all kind of go through these same processes, but we all live them, you know, just a little bit more differently. But it's surprising every time I hear somebody say something, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've had that same same thought before like absolutely. that's awesome.
1: absolutely yeah i would say it what we could all do better is is share more openly if that makes sense mm-hmm. to bridge the gap between those like you know play date park conversations to the more the more intimate um, challenging conversations, right? So like, it's not to say that we use those 30 minutes at the park with our mom friends to complain the whole time. Right. Or we just put on a pretty, pretty, um, perfect picture, right. And just focus on the good that's happening in our lives, but it's, it's asking intentional questions. So I think if we could do anything better as a community, it's, um, asking those questions um being willing to share openly and honestly about what we're going through and being intentional with the time that we do have together
0: yeah i like that because yeah we do like i mean i just asked my friend her husband's been deployed sometime in the spring so like most of covid and it's Mm -hmm. like honey, you, you've been doing a deployment and virtual school and a pandemic and her kid got diagnosed with like a major disease and stuff. And it's like, I, if I ask you how you're doing and you say, fine, like, I know you're lying. Like, it's okay. You can tell me, like, do you know what I mean? But like, but we right. say, oh, we're fine because in that moment, no catastrophe is happening. Do you know what I mean? Because we're at the park, but- right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, And I think a way to navigate that is to start like ourselves. Right. So it's, it's hard to open up. Right. It's a, it's a very, it's uncomfortable, especially if you're at a new duty station or you're, there's a new, new family on in the neighborhood. So it's hard to kind of, um, bridge that gap. But one way we can do that is by taking the first step. So maybe it is. So maybe if you have a certain type of conversation with a friend and it's always positive, you can be the first one to say, you know, this is what I'm, this is what I'm struggling with. This is, this is what I'm dealing with right now, whether that's related to your children, to your marriage, to your profession, to your personal life, Um, and then sharing next what's helping you. Um, so, and then if you always talk about the negative with a certain group of friends, maybe you try the opposite of you go into that setting or you go into that conversation or you go into that girl's night and you say, Hey, I I had this victory recently. So it's almost like intentionally, um, kind of redirecting the narrative and, and, and doing that by leading by example, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense.
2: I also think that doing what you just did for your friend by checking in, um, and saying, yeah, no, I don't think you are <laughs> like, or not that, not don't put the, the voice in her head that she's not, but like, Hey, I am actually thinking about you. That opens kind of a door for them to be a little bit more vul- vulnerable than, mm-hmm. um, just putting on that brave face, you know, that we sometimes do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think, I think the words even like. I know you're going through a lot and I'm like, I am always here. Like if you don't want to talk, that's fine. I get, I get that some people process differently and, and maybe in a month they'll want to talk to you know what I mean? But just mm-hmm. saying the words, like, I see how crazy things are for you. And if it was me, I would need somebody to talk to. So like, I'm here for you. I think those words go a really, really long way because I've I've noticed like people, people long for the community, but they don't want to be a burden on anybody. Mm -hmm. But something I've been thinking a lot about lately is like, what if we were um, just a little bit more vulnerable with each other? Because it's in those vulnerabilities that the connection and the relationship actually grows. Like, it's, it's Mm -hmm. not like you have a super good connection with the people that you go and, you know, just because your kids play at the park together and you talk about your favorite hot chocolate flavor or, you know what I mean? Like any things that are superficial, that's not who you feel really close to. Right. You feel really close to are the people that you can open your heart to, but, but we don't want to burden people. So, you know, right. It's interesting um so we kind of briefly mentioned legacy kids magazine can you guys kind of talk a little bit more about that and um uh, because i know it's like a really good resource for military kids but kind of explain how and why it is
2: yes sure abby do you want me to go or do you want to go first you go first okay <laughs> so legacy kids magazine um I knew how much Legacy Magazine had helped me kind of fit into a community. Or like I was saying before, it acknowledged some of my feelings that I didn't realize other military spouses were sharing. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that kids need that same that same aha moment. And so it is, um, you know, a publication that really addresses what military kids go through. And it's also written by military kids and, um, military adults as well. Um, but it's their voice and it gives them a voice to kind of uncover these like truths in this lifestyle. Um, and it allows them to speak for themselves and not have us speak for them.
1: Yeah. And it, it, it incorporates a wide age range. So like Dana said, we've got what would you say our youngest contributor was? Three, which yeah. is so true. <laughs> and then we had adult children. So we had, I think the oldest might have been in their 30s. Um, they were a former military child. So so that the, the readers could see um, not only how to navigate the challenges, but how those challenges can set you up for greater success later in life um you know we talked about earlier in the podcast how children don't necessarily know that by going through hardship they can you know use it to their benefit later in life Um, so we've really tried to show them that um through story Um, so i'd say that's one of the one of the most beneficial um, pieces to the to the publication
0: Mm -hmm. would you say it's like best suited for military kids in the middle of a deployment or would it be like no they it would help them to read like in all you know training schedules have their flows so they could they could and should read it at any time
1: yeah definitely yeah sorry (laughs) i would agree i I would definitely say especially this being the first volume um, we kind of touched on several several different areas of military life Um, now thinking of the future we might focus article or focus volumes on a specific topic and then i would say those special p volumes would be good for specific seasons. but definitely this first volume touches on a broad broad variety of things that our military children face and experience day to day
0: yeah cool that's cool because like yeah i think we i mean military kid resources are limited and i know i know many people are trying to make that better whether they're successful at it or not that's you know to be determined but there especially are few even fewer resources just for the the in between moments kind of like what we talked about but there's right. still so much that can be learned and i almost feel like it's probably easier i don't know i'm just thinking about like my own kids like when deployments coming up or when a move is coming up then i try to prepare them and stuff like it probably would be way easier on them if it was a constant conversation that we were having because like think about any way that you learn like you don't mm-hmm. swallow it all in like it'd be easier if it was piece by piece
1: absolutely I'm that way. yeah and that's something in therapy we call like proactive um versus reactive i think as military families or service families we kind of live in the stress response or, or the stress cycle. We're constantly in a stress cycle because we're constantly shifting and adjusting and moving. Um, so it's very it's very empowering to do what you're saying and be more proactive and discuss these things along the way so that they feel better equipped and you, you, you're then less likely to have to be reactive to a situation. So I would say you're absolutely right that there's a lot of benefit in that.
0: Yes. I need to write that down. One second.
1: <laughs> While well, you're
2: writing, I was gonna, I was going to add um, that the magazine is also cool because if a child decides, "Hey, I want to be published in a magazine," mm-hmm. they have an opportunity to share their own creativity and have it be published in a magazine. And so they, it gives them this confidence, um, maybe even a little bit of leadership that they're kind of guiding other children along, which I think is really cool. I don't I mean if I was a kid and I had an opportunity to be published in a magazine, I'd be like, oh my gosh, yes.
0: (laughs) I'm gonna be famous. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I could see my second daughter Mary. She's all about like, oh yeah, you want to hear what I said. Like (laughs) let's let's just see my face on a magazine and you know yeah. It would be fun.
1: We, one of our contributors' mothers um, and I were talking recently and she said that it's been a very empowering experience for her son that she wrote about and with. And he will, he's to the point where he will take the magazine and like show their neighbors and show their friends when they come over. He's like that excited. So to hear that is just so heartwarming and encouraging. Yeah, that's cool. So.
0: Well, no, I'll ask this. If somebody wants to get a hold of Legacy Magazine or contribute, how do how do they do that?
1: Um, you can find out about picking up a copy of Legacy Kids and also learn about our submission opportunities at legacymagazine.org. And then on Facebook and Instagram, you can find us at legacymag.kids. Cool.
0: Okay, last question, my favorite question, for both of you, you can take your turns. What is your key to thriving that you want to share with your fellow waiting warriors?
2: Okay. (laughs) Um, I think my key to thriving, and it it has been something that probably has taken time to develop, because I definitely didn't start out like, oh, this is my mindset. (laughs) I was a little bit more negative in the beginning. Um, has been taking the negative moments and making them bigger than the negative, um, in a positive way, if that makes sense. Did I say that right? Um, I feel like I go, sometimes I go through these cycles where it's like, oh, what was me? And then I come out of it a lot more victorious than I felt before. And so it's kind of, you know, adding more pieces to the puzzle and building know the mountain even a little bit higher and just using those negative moments as like a time to rest and then you know pushing through and getting through to the other side
1: like it, abby i would say learning to be intentional and adaptable so i think both of those characteristics are things that are required within this lifestyle and there's something that they're both things that we can cultivate and develop. So it's not like we have to be born with those traits. Um, it's something that if we are intentional about, we can build them and strengthen them. So that's helped me with mothering, that's helped me with being a spouse and a friend and a family member.
0: Yeah, and I like I like that both of yours are like, it. those aren't things that we're born with. It's not like, mm-hmm. you know, people say, <laughs> I mean, civilian friends, like, oh, you've done this and this and this as a military spouse. I could never do that. It's like, that is seriously, it's like the dumbest thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Yeah. I don't know
0: if anybody was like born out of the womb is like, I'm right. going to be a military spouse and
2: handle all yeah. of situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like it's stuff we learn. And that gives, it gives me so much hope because. In the moments when I just feel like I'm failing, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I I can I can learn how to alleviate the pain. I can learn how to have things mm-hmm. run a little bit better. Not that anything, any sort of skill will ever make this life not full of trials and hardship, but we can still learn and become better and you know just not feel doomed by the negative like we can try we can we can uh just per i don't know persevere sounds like i don't know why that sounds like a dorky word to me right now but but we can we can we can handle all of this and we can learn how to handle it instead of just like oh well Susie was born the right way and i wasn't so (laughs) that means right absolutely not gonna make it like no that's not
2: and also just recognizing, too, that the negative is normal. Yeah. It's totally normal that we all go through that and um not to hide it as much. Because yeah. when we hide it, then then we can't be vulnerable. Like we, you know, and transparent, like we talked about, um, to have other people come into a, our little community and, and help. So,
0: yeah. And as you say that, it's like, because we were talking about how, like, sitting with your kids in the harm moment. Like, what if... I, cause I, I asked myself that question the last time my husband was deployed. Like, what if I let my kids see me when I'm sad
1: mm-hmm.
0: instead of like waiting mm-hmm. until they go to bed or, mm-hmm. or going upstairs or, you know, leaving the room or something like, and sorry, I'm going to, blow but, um. I'm really glad I did because especially my oldest daughter, like she's not even eight yet. She turns eight in a few months, but we have, um, a a really interesting relationship because she has seen me go through a lot of hard things. It was really hard to say goodbye to my husband two weeks after my baby was born. It was, it was really hard to see, um, to lose my husband's brother. like, And and she has seen that and we tried really hard to not hide those things from her. And now, just a few weeks ago, we learned that one of my aunts has decided to stop chemotherapy and they're just, she, you know, it has just come to light that she's not going to beat cancer. And so she's chosen to be as comfortable as possible and just accepted accepted that news. And the day that I found out, I was just like, I, I just hate cancer. It has affected so many people that I care about. And so I just was able to sit with her and sit with my kids and cry. And the whole time, cause we were at like virtual school at the time and my not even eight year old daughter just reached over and held my hand while she had the other hand doing her little virtual schoolwork. And it's like, I just was thinking about it that day. Like, this is only possible because we've cried together. And because we, have we have shared moments and I have, I've let her into that part of me. And now one, I think like it's healthier for her and it's healthier for me, but now like she was, she was there for me in that moment. And that wouldn't have been You know, possible. So I just that
1: is yeah. Absolutely powerful. And and I think it goes back to Michelle that you're able to um sit with your daughter and show your daughter both both the good and the bad rather than just the the just one or the other, right? So she's seen you navigate these hard moments, right? Loss and separation. And But yet she also sees you bringing life into the world. She sees you loving your family. She sees you pursuing your passions and your profession with this podcast and project. So I I think you're absolutely right. And I think that is so powerful when we can do that with our children.
2: I think it's also going to help her put a name to her emotions as she goes through them. You know, I'm feeling today, I'm feeling overwhelmed today because she's seen that mm-hmm. over and over, you know. Yeah. And how empowering that
1: she can show up for you, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about feeling good for an eight year old.
0: Yeah. It was cool. So basically what I'm seeing is that we don't have to be doomed by the heart. Like Absolutely. it seems like the hard can bring us together as families. The hard can um like with what you were saying with how your daughter has shown compassion and empathy to her neighbors, like those are amazing qualities for a kid to have, and to be able to process the negative and and recognize that it doesn't um, it doesn't have to be overwhelming and that it's normal. So then it's not dooming. Like I don't know. I know. I I know. I sometimes have the moment of like, am I just really? screwing over my kid by like mm-hmm. having them be a military kid you know like I, I don't dwell on it i've i've processed through that but i'm sure and, and i know a lot of my neighbors have and it's like i think when we think about it this way if we are intentional and sit with those moments like our kids are gonna be okay and they could actually be like mm-hmm. not just okay but like they could be really really well off
1: absolutely
0: awesome so i know you mentioned a way for people to get in touch and connect with Legacy Kids Magazine? Is there a way you guys want people to connect with you personally or is Legacy Kids the best way?
1: Absolutely. So you can find either of us. We're usually tagged in the posts that we are a part of, or you can find me on Instagram at abi.ray. And then I'm on Facebook as well under Abby
2: Ray. Mm And I also am um, Dana D A E N A underscore R A E. We're actually both raised. Hers is with a Y, mine is with an E. Um, <laughs> on Instagram and Facebook the same way. Cool.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on. Like I, I love this episode. This, this just.
1: So Likewise, welcome. this has been yeah. wonderful. Thank you for having us. It's been an honor. Absolutely. And I've been really looking forward to it.
0: Anytime. Waiting Warriors, just remember just because it is hard and this life is hard. Military, military kids life is hard. Doesn't mean it has to be miserable. Have a good week guys. Thanks again.
1: Bye.
0: Bye. Hey Waiting Warriors. If you are in the middle of a deployment, heading into one or shoot, you're just a military spouse who wants to like, get ahead of the deployment (laughs) game. I have created a free resource just for you. It's a PDF file called Three Ways to Set Up Your Marriage for a Successful Deployment. It is three quick things that you can do with your spouse that I've done with mine that really helped us through our number of separations. If you're watching on YouTube, there will be a link just in the caption. You can go to my website, thewaitingwarriors.com, and there's a yellow link with it on the top right, or you can go to subscribepage.com slash three, like the number three ways to set up your marriage for a successful deployment. Okay. There will be a link in the bio in the show notes if you need it. Go check that out. Please take care of yourself. Take care of your marriage. Be intentional and let me help you through this.